From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for March 4th, 2009. An unofficial and unbiased look at all things Disney. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Corey Martin, Walter Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Teresa Eccles is back in the peanut gallery. On this week's show, John Magi and Kevin Close will have part two of our Disney Cruise Line Primer. And we'll also talk about this year's Mardi Gras celebration at Universal Orlando, including our experience riding one of the floats this past weekend. All that plus Roundtable round table Rapid Fire and this week's news on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. My mouth isn't working today. It isn't. You forgot to say from the Bob Varley studio, they're going to freak out. No, I didn't. I think you said it. Did I said it? it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Short it's attention funny. span theater. It's funny I didn't think he said it either. John's ears aren't working, maybe. It isn't. Well, All I, I just know is for the time you were away, I didn't say it, and it was like pitchforks and he angry villagers and <laughs> death threats. All right. A couple things in housekeeping. First and foremost, I want to let everybody know that uh, Will Perry is no longer uh, with uh, with the company. Uh, due to some family obligations back in Indiana, he had to leave Orlando to go back home. Uh, so uh, we wish him well. We're going to miss him. Uh, just wanted to make sure I let everybody know that that kind of came down last week. So I uh, just want to let everybody know the will is not – I don't want to say he's no longer with us like he's dead or something. But um, now uh, also want to uh, give everybody an update on our Give Kids the World efforts to raise money for Give Kids the World with our sale of our podcast shirts. Um, in terms of orders, we're over 14,000, so we're, we're getting there. We're getting there more and more every week toward that goal of $20,000. If we hit 20000 a very generous listener who has agreed to uh, donate an additional 20000 giving $40,000 to Give Kids the World. So we need you guys to keep it up. Uh, more shirts. Friends, family, berate people, make people feel guilty, threaten them, do whatever you have to do. But we need everybody's help getting these shirts sold. We've now sent a little more than $11,000 is what's come in that we've sent. So we've got about $3,000 out there for people who have placed orders but not yet paid. So uh, those of you who are in that boat, write your checks and please send them in. we will start sending out reminders soon to uh, people that have ordered but not yet paid. So if you are in that group, we would appreciate it if you would please this week go ahead and write us a check and let us uh, get that off to Give Kids the World. Um, okay, talk about a couple of things associated with that? Sure. Um, people have asked, you know, how long is this going to last? Am I going to be able to get shirts? All this stuff. We are going to, once we meet our goal and we've sold out of the shirts that we've ordered, that's it. We're going to stop this particular fundraising effort. Then we're going to do one for Send Kevin to Paris. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it, guys. If people ask, are you going to do more shirts? Are you going to do more shirts? This particular fundraising effort is going to stop at 20000 There is something else I'm working on that I'm not going to announce or even allude to. Uh, in any detail right now, 
Uh, it's not going to involve shirts or anything like that, but there is something else I'm working on. But yeah, once uh, once we've reached our goal with the shirts, uh, that's it. You're not going to be able to get these shirts anymore. These shirts will only be available for this period in time until we reach our goal of twenty thousand dollars. At which point, that's the end of it. Can we auction off one that's been signed by all of us? It's a good idea. That's Ooh. a great idea. Put it up on eBay. I don't know how you want to do it, but auction one off, signed by the podcast crew. I'd be up for that. And I tell you what, I'll even go out to dinner with you. Wow. And bring you your shirt. I don't know if that's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I know people who would go, yes, so. (laughs) How are you getting there? Because I ain't driving you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you have to come get me. (laughs) Or maybe, uh, how about about, uh, dinner with the whole crew? I thought that too, but we'll I didn't take, want to volunteer. Okay, there we go. There we go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to sign a shirt. All of us sign a shirt. We're going to auction it off on eBay. I'll set this all up. It's Don't go to eBay now. It's not there. <laughs> um, don't email John. This idea literally just happened while you were listening. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, and, uh, we'll, take, we'll all take you out to dinner, uh, you and your family, and uh, go someplace nice and have a nice meal with the podcast crew. And we'll bring you a shirt. I think that's a brilliant idea, Kevin. Very cool. Great. So we'll set that up. I want to also address, too, we've been asked if there's going to be children's sizes. Uh, either feed your children, make them fatter, or shrink your shirts because we're not ordering children's sizes. <laughs> Leave them in the dryer. Leave them in the dryer. <laughs> if you put little clothespins down their back, they look smaller. <laughs> People have asked uh, or emailing us, has my check cleared? Have you gotten my check? Where's my shirt? We just can't reply to all of those. We're doing a really good job. The next batch of shirts are in. Teresa's going to send them out this week. So please be patient. If we've got your check, your shirt's going out. There's no question about it. Just hang off. We know we got a lot of people who are, who are anxious about it. It's going to happen. And like Pete said, what, ch- we'll, what, like Pete said, what we'll do is we'll probably put together a couple of uh, emails to go out to people where we haven't gotten your checks after, let's say, a month of your ordering it. And then that'll be your reminder. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I don't remember. Okay. Oh, there's a turnaround time. I mean, this is in addition to everything else we're doing. So yeah. there is a turnaround time. So be patient. Yeah. Give us a few weeks on that. So, all right. Also, want to remind everyone that Deb Wills from All Ears Net, All Net, is uh, doing her fundraising walk for the uh, the Avon Breast Cancer Walk this year. Um. And she's, uh, she set a goal of $50,000. She did 40000 last year, and we're trying to do everything we can to help her out. Uh, there's a link, a permanent link on the show notes page to Deb's, uh, Deb's sign-up page where you can donate. I think the minimum donation is $10. I would really appreciate people going out there and helping her out. Um, you know, again, I know it's a, it's a bad economy and things are tight for everybody right now, but... You know, it's just this is just good stuff to do. The good feeling you get outweighs the money. Yep, and especially like I said, even if it's only ten bucks, uh, whatever you can, whatever you can spare. If you can't spare it, we certainly understand. We're not trying to make anybody feel bad. She's at twenty two thousand dollars already, so she's about halfway there. I'm all about pe- making people feel bad. Not if they don't have the money. I don't want to make people feel bad if they, you know, if they're in dire straits. But uh, you know, th- this is really aimed at the people who do have the money and just need a little motivation to maybe take that extra step and you know you can put you know for especially with with Deb's fundraiser you can put that on your credit card 
It goes right uh, right into the uh, it's a direct uh, donation to the uh, Avon Avon Breast Cancer Foundation. Uh, so that link is on the uh, show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. All right. Also, I want to say a special hello to Scott from uh, Norfolk, England, who is working over at the Tea Caddy store in the UK Pavilion at Epcot. We were over there yesterday with my family. I went in to get some tea and uh, handed him my credit card. And he goes, are you the Pete Werner from the Diz Unplugged? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the first time I've been recognized by my credit card. I've gotten them huh. from the voice before, but not from the credit card. And he said, oh, yeah, I was listening a lot, you know, before I came over. on the He's, he, he's here on the college program. So wanted to send a shout-out to him and say hi. It was nice meeting you yesterday. Um, and also want to let you guys know that uh, we are looking for contributors, content contributors to the Diz. We're looking for people who would like to write articles. Um, we're going to be putting a... Uh, a form up on the site. It may not be up this week. It may be next week. So I'm just giving everybody a heads up that we're going to be doing this. Uh, you'll be able to submit your information along with an article. If we use the article on the site or on the blog or in a newsletter or something like that, we're going to pay 50 bucks. So those of you who like to write, who think you may have some interesting ideas for an article, we're just looking for some fresh new content to put on the site. And uh, rather than asking people to volunteer there, Time, of course, if you want to volunteer it, I'm more than happy for that. Or if you want to write an article and have that fifty dollars donated to give kids the world, we'll let you do that too. Anything that helps get us to that twenty thousand dollars, we'll take. And this isn't we're not paying fifty dollars per submission. We have to actually accept your correct. It's article. only if we use it, and if we do uh, use your article and pay you for it, that does become ours to use. So, just uh, like I said, we'll have something up either uh, later this week or next week. But uh, just to let you know it's coming, so if you want to start firing up articles and getting some articles together, come on down. <laughs> so anything else for housekeeping? Anybody have anything? Kathy, do you want to talk about the uh, the walk you're working out? Oh, we're in walking? the process of um, trying to get a group space or 50 rooms through Disney for the 2010 marathon. It's going to be rooms. It's going to be packages. We haven't decided all the details yet, but if you're thinking of coming down for the marathon, uh, maybe hold off a week or so till we get those numbers from Disney, and we can have our own little block of rooms. That sounds great. And uh, what we're going to do is all proceeds from that will go to Give Kids the World. Awesome. And we'll probably have some kind of shirt or something that we'll mm-hmm. have, make available so everybody can you know, run together and be recognized. And they're expecting you to run, Pete. I ain't running nowhere. I'll walk. I'll waddle. But running? Unless. I'll make snarky comments. Unless you're. Uh, <laughs> unless there's a refrigerator in front of me, pacing me. I'm planning on walking the 5K. So. I'll tell you what. If we can raise. <laughs> you know, this is going to be well, a lot of promises. <laughs> if we can raise $50,000 on this walk for Give Kids the World, I'll do the walk in high heels. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're going to have to figure out a way for people to. I guess we're going to have to get people to be sponsored then. People will have to get figure out a way to get sponsored by other people they work with or something. Hell, I'll like do that. the walk and drag for 50 grand. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> 
<laughs> Disney won't let me in the park. When was the last I don't think time Disney would walked... let me do it in high heels either. No, when I... was the last time you walked in high heels? Just the other night. No. Nin- <laughs> 1989. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, you're probably not too far off. Fifi. Disney will let you, people uh, do dress up, right? Yes. They dress yes, up they as do. princesses and stuff. So mm-hmm. I saw some pretty weird costumes. I think we should do you all up in kabuki like Mulan. And <laughs> 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 have you walk in a kimono <laughs> in bound feet. <laughs> okay, they're I'll dress up as a princess I'll be, if, if we can raise 50 grand. <laughs> princess smokes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shaving. <laughs> Not all princesses do. We also had a lot of a lot of people who asked about um, giving some time over at Give Kids the World, and Dave Parfit I think is looking into that. That maybe before the marathon, putting together a volunteer group. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot of questions we get now about Give Kids the World. His piece has really inspired people. We're getting a lot of questions about how do I volunteer. We're going to look into that for folks. Because from what I understand, you can't just show up and volunteer. Right. There's yeah, a you got Yeah, there's a process. Got to be scheduled and right. So, cool, great. I'm glad to see that this has sparked so much ancillary interest from uh, you know other people coming up with other ideas. This is all good stuff, folks. And anything we can do to help kids give kids the world, be it through uh, the the promotion that we're doing right now with the shirts, through this walk as part of the uh, marathon next year. Um, some of the ideas that our listeners have come up with in their own individual towns and schools, all of it, all of it, all of it is a great idea. Anything we can do to help raise money for these guys is all good. And if anybody has any creative names for what our group could be called, that thread sort of fizzled out, but if you can think of a creative name for our group. Cool. Pete, I was actually going to save this for an email show. You might want to take a look at that. This is from one of our... Should I read this? Yeah, one of our listeners. All right. Uh, hello, podcast team. My name is Perry Linias, or Shasta on the board. Sorry, Perry, if I messed up your last name. I've been catching up on older podcasts today. I listened to the Give Kids the World interview by Dave Parfit and was moved to action. I had a great idea and thought you might consider passing it along to your listeners. As spring nears, walking, biking, and running events begin. I myself have my first ride of the year in four weeks with a little click and pasting. I made a pledge sheet in order to raise money for this great cause. If just 15 of my friends pledge $10 a mile, my 116 ride would yield $172.50 for this great cause. I know physical activity like this may not seem exciting, and believe me, it wasn't to me a year ago. I've lost 100 pounds riding my bike. Wow. And it still isn't easy. Below are a few links related to this event. Um, and what he's what he's done too is he's promised people if they donate twenty five dollars and he's able to raise the twenty five dollars by the completing the process, he's actually going to send them a shirt. Hmm. Wow! I think it's pretty cool. And he put together a really nice uh, a whole a nice uh, sign up sheet. Yeah, oh, nice. That's brilliant. Brilliant idea. Brilliant, brilliant idea, Perry, and thank you very much for doing that. Just to give people an idea of what some of our listeners are doing uh, themselves. Thank you for sharing that with us, John. You're welcome. So, all right, anything else? Then let's get started with the news. Our first news story this week, according to a report in the Orlando Sentinel, Dieter Hannig, the vice president for food and beverage new concepts at Walt Disney World, has announced that he is leaving the company to pursue other opportunities. 
Hannig is one of 600 management-level cast members that was offered a buyout package by Disney several weeks ago, a precursor to the first round of layoffs that are already starting to take place right now. Hannig is the man behind the concept of restaurants like Gico at the Animal Kingdom Lodge and the California Grill atop the Contemporary Resort, among many others. According to the article, Hannig has been working on the upcoming Santa restaurant at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge Villas, and that reg- restaurant is scheduled to open in mid-April. Hannig is credited with raising the quality of the dining experiences at Walt Disney World during his 21 years with the company. He plans to open a retreat in the mountains of Panama, but will also remain a consultant on special projects for Disney. Um, that's a shame. That That's a loss. That's a real loss. Uh, because, you know, we were talking last week in our Disneyland show about how far Disney World has come in terms of the quality of the dining experiences. And, uh, you know, just yesterday we were over at Epcot, and one of my favorite places to eat in Epcot, really and truly, is Seasons, that food court uh, in the land. Blown away by the sandwich I had over there. And so many healthy options. It's all healthy options. Everything on, on every menu is healthy, and it's all good. And the price point, you know, usually healthy food comes at a premium, and, you know, this was 12 to $13 a person uh, to have lunch. I fed six adults for 79 bucks. I which, thought there'd be more options like that in California, you know, health-oriented. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. didn't across anything that nice. No. Or um, uh, um, price-wise either. Yeah, exactly. So these are all things that Dieter Hannig was responsible for bringing into Disney. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that you know, I, like I said, I understand that Disney has to is doing what they have to do to keep their business afloat. Believe me, I absolutely understand that. I just hope that it, they don't end up sliding backwards, like losing someone like this. The joke always was Disney did most things well except French fries, hmm. and that changed. <laughs> so it, it's a, it's a shame. I hope that they've got the creative wherewithal. To at least maintain what they've got. Yeah. The flip side of this is that it sounds like this is an opportunity for Dieter. It sounds like he's had something in the works, and perhaps the buyout came at the perfect time mm-hmm. for him. So yeah, we wish him well, and whatever he's going to do, he'll be missed. Absolutely. But I'm not coming to Panama. <laughs> no. We'll be going to the mountains of Panama. So, all right, our next news story, Give Kids the World Village, since we were talking about Give Kids the World earlier, is getting ready for their Founders Day celebration on March 7th. Four years ago, they started a tradition encouraging everyone to eat ice cream for breakfast on that day to help them celebrate. So whether you were a guest at the village, share your time as a volunteer angel, um, send wish children there as a wish-granting organization or one of the partners, everyone is encouraged on March 7th to eat ice cream for breakfast. No problem for me. (laughs) Um, And then uh, what they're asking people to do is show them how you celebrate eating ice cream for breakfast day by sending in your photos and you may see yourself on their website or their fan page on Facebook and you can send your photos to dream at G is in jo- give K is in kids T is in the W as in world G K T W dot org dream at G K T W dot org send your pictures of uh, you having ice cream for breakfast on March 7th and uh I think that's a great, I think it's a great idea, an absolutely great idea. Very cool. 
One of the things, uh, this is completely off that topic, but one of the things, and I don't know if people know this, I'm not even sure if they still do this. For years and years and years, my family used to buy their Christmas cards at Give Kids the World. They take the drawings that the kids at the village do, and they make Christmas cards out of them, and all the proceeds go to raise money for Give Kids the World. That's a good They're idea. They're great Christmas cards. So if it's something you're interested in, you might want to look into that. I realize you to find out very, if they're still doing that. Yeah. Cool. So, eat ice cream for breakfast, March 7th, folks. And then send your pictures in. And if you actually do send your picture into them, send it into us, too, so we can put it up on the site. Um, podcast at www.info.com. like to see some interesting photos, and maybe I'll be uh, moved to give the best photo a shot at the prize, Matron. Ooh. <gasps> but that's only if you send it to give kids the world as well. So... All right, and our final news story this week. In spite of the economy, Universal, like SeaWorld, plans to unveil new attractions this year, starting with Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket, a new coaster slated to open sometime this spring. We're hearing early May. Um, we've heard late April to early May. Uh, but uh, powwow, the travel uh, industry powwow, is going on in Miami in mid-May, and we're thinking that they're going to want this ride up and running by then. They have uh, Universal has launched a new website, HollywoodRocket.com. That's HollywoodRocket.com, uh, which touts the attraction as, quote, the most personalized and immersive roller coaster experience in the world, end quote. The site also includes a, blo- a blog by Louis Alfieri, uh, the ride's creative director, who shares insights on the construction process. We're going to have a lot more coming up in the next few weeks. It's going to be really awesome. About Rip Ride Rocket. Yeah, uh, coaster enthusiasts are apparently very excited about this, hmm. about the, the opening of this this ride. And we see the construction. We see it's like jetting out over City Walk. And yeah, it definitely changes the skyline over there. I mean, oh, yeah. Just looking at the track, you know it's going to be intense. It looks really, really intense. Yeah, unless I can customize it to be a recliner. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Well, that's going to be, uh, it's going to be Manta. Over at the Sea World, where you just the thought of that ride lying face down. <laughs> now that I'm looking forward to. It says you're going to mm. come like within six inches of the water. My stomach's going to be wet. I want to be creating waves. <laughs> He's scaring the fish. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I, I like that uh, these. I'm, I'm glad to hear these construction projects that both SeaWorld and Universal are doing have not been affected by the economy, um, especially uh, Harry Potter, which I just can't wait. I just can't wait. One of the Universal executives I talked to kind of let something slip in saying, talking about the big attraction. Um, Maggie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, at least one of, the, one of the things they're doing over there is going to be major. I just love to know more about what it is, um, but they've been really, really tight-lipped about everything going on. Uh, in that, the only the only information that I've seen coming out of there is when they put a, a, a building permit in, and that was I think the last thing we saw was Hagrid's hut was just going to be a storage area. Um, so I mean, Universal is keep playing these cards really close to the vest. They don't want anybody to know what they're doing. No matter how many times I try and ask him, tell me something. Like, nope. Like, come on. Off the record. Nope. So, but I think uh, 
they're denying it up one side and down the other, but I think they're going to have some kind of soft opening for this in, in, over the holidays this year. Hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I you know we we heard that rumor a while ago, and then the construction uh, deadline was pushed back to spring of next year. But I, I don't know. I just I have nothing to base this on other than just gut instinct, and I could be really wrong. There's an eighty percent chance I'm wrong on this, but there's some part of me that just keeps feeling like they're going to do something. They're going to open this up for a soft opening uh, over the holidays if not very, very, very shortly thereafter. So we will see. That will do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to move on to the weather. And uh, not to sound like a broken record, but you can expect the next week to be sunny and warm with high in the low 80s. Temps at night are going to drop down into the mid-50s, so you might want to have a light jacket on hand. Uh, The only days next week that are looking like you might have some rain... Tuesday and Wednesday, there's a 40% chance of scattered thunderstorms on March 10th and March 11th. But outside of that, right now, weather.com is saying that the uh, weather forecast is looking really, really nice. You're talking to people who just got snow. (laughs) You really are snowed in. This is the time of year I like to call my friends up north and torture them. You know, have them ask me what the weather's like here. Well, yesterday we thought it was cold because only, it only went to 60 degrees yesterday. One night this week it was wind chills uh, in the 20s. In the 20s. Yeah. yeah, we had frost out in the field behind the house. Yeah, I'll morning. tell you right now, there is nobody in the Northeast crying for us right now. Okay? <laughs> there just isn't. It's going to be chilly tonight. The low's going to be 42. <laughs> yeah, my Burr. son called yesterday Burr. to tell me about driving in the snow in Charlotte. And I'm like, well, you could have stayed in Orlando. So... One of the problems that we're seeing is um, so many people are getting snowed in and there's so many uh, canceled flights that the hotels around the airport are all overbooked. Mm-hmm. I understand there's no hotel rooms to be had as people are waiting for their flights yeah. to open up. Yeah, Orlando Airport's not a good place to be right now. No, no. not at all. No! Max agrees. All right, that is going to do it for the news this week. We're going to start off with Roundtable Rapid Fire, and I am not going first because I don't have one this week. So mm. I'll go. Yes. Uh, the Virgin Megastore at Downtown Disney is closing. I was stunned to hear this. Yeah, closing May 31st. Well, the one in Times Square is closing. They're well, they're all, all closing them all. Mm-hmm. It's just a dead thing. I mean, who bought, when was the last time you bought a CD? Well, that's kind of, you know, anybody who owns an iPod or any sort of mobile device, you know, it's now everybody's downloading everything. But I, I am going to miss it because, you know, I never bought a CD there. I bought a few books over there. But it, it was fun to go to that wall. They would have a wall of all the, these uh, new CDs out, Loaded. and you can just listen to them. But if you have an iPod or are willing to download iTunes, you can listen to anything you want. But it's still it's still going in, in there. It was like an experience to go in there. And they had some really cool shirts, you know, mm-hmm. like vintage-looking uh, concert tees and all that stuff. What scares me is that's a really big space in the middle of downtown Disney. Yeah. If that's empty, that's going to look really it's gonna, weird. Yeah. That's what I said. It's going to leave a massive void. Oh, and just for podcast bingo people, I'm eating. <laughs> so. <laughs> but I'm sure Disney, it's not going to take long before they find some company, some Hanes shirt company to come fill it up. Yeah, I was going to say, what could you put in <laughs> Starbucks. that Starbucks. <laughs> no, a Starbucks. <laughs> That'd be a big Starbucks. <laughs> yes. God forbid. 
It's a huge building. I don't know. Maybe the Magnetron place can <laughs> over there. They sell the magnets. <laughs> or the sunglass hut. <laughs> Two stories of magnets. <laughs> 20,000 square feet of magnets. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that. Oh, but I also wanted to mention that we um, we have a few Twitter pages now. So for those of you who are into Twitter, we're jumping on the bandwagon. Um, Twitter.com forward slash Diz Unplugged for all your blog and podcast-related tweets. And we also have Twitter.com forward slash The Diz for all theme park-related tweets and things and updates. So I know my... Inbox has been exploding with Twitter notifications all day. Yeah, I just put a call out to um, a lot of the Facebook, a lot of our Facebook I just, fans. I, I just got comfortable with Facebook. Now I have to get into something else. <laughs> it's the new age. <laughs> In chat every Wednesday night, they want to know why I'm not on Facebook. I could have more friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just yeah, I keep getting this constant stream of friend requests, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's really, it's cool. I mean, it's... Yeah, I don't even like the friends I have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, but, uh, no, Facebook I've gotten into. No, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Do you play Fashion Wars? No, I don't get into any of that. I don't do anything with any of the applications because there are just too many stories about these applications containing all sorts of nefarious crap. Yeah, that's why I haven't done Someone's going like, to show up at your house that? with Mike's Hard Lemonade. I'm telling you. <laughs> what, do you what do you mean? What does that mean? <laughs> Did you ever see the Dateline special? No. Oh, oh, Chris oh, Hansen. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Hansen. The guy always had to show up with Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> it just leads to no good. No good can come from it. Exactly. All right. Thank you, uh, Corey. Walter. I got one. Um, it says, gardening experts and author Joe Lample, famous across the nation as a host of PBS Garden Smart, is among the 11 experts who will be participating in the Great American Garden Series at the 16th Annual Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. That's right. That's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Presented in partnership with the American Horticultural Society. Some of the most respected gardeners and nat- nature experts in the country reveal tips and share entertaining stories during their presentations to all Epcot guests at noon and 3 p.m. On March 22nd, <clears throat> I'm sorry, from March 20th to 22nd, Joe John Colotus, author of First a Gardener and Beyond a Windowsill, offers insightful tips to integrate plants and nature in every aspect of life, from interior spaces to urban scapes. Shirley Bob Lau. Uh, we, Bob? Have the, we have the new Bob of last names over here. <laughs> I can't do last names for anything. Shirley Bob Show. Blah, blah, blah. We'll be there March 22nd through 29. She's a garden designer and TV host. Presents gorgeous edible gardens that provide food and style and function in the garden. Susan Bessinger, April 3rd through 5th. She's a culinary herbalist, author, and photographer. Performs provides information about the magic of herbs from garden to kitchen. Um, from April 10th to the 12th, Fielder Rushing, renowned horticultural, shares practical tips for beauty all year using tough shrubs, flowers, herbs, and vegetables grown in containers and flower beds. Joe Lample, a.k.a. Joe Gardner, April 17th through 19th 
national TV host, author, and gardening expert, talks about some of the best tools and accessories around to make your gardening life easier. April 24th to 26th, Jeff Lowenfell, America's longest-running garden columnist and author, will explain the science behind organic gardening and teach practical applications to eliminate the need of chemicals in yards and gardens. May 1st through 3rd, Joe Washington, landscape enthusiast and TV host, talks about the new focus of your landscape. Water smart designs a tool for overcoming drought conditions. May 8th through 10th, Tom McCubin, Florida garden writer, media personality, and extension agent with the University of Florida, shows how to make your landscape pay its own way by growing food you can put on your table. May 8th through 10th, Raymond Western, um, say Gerlanes, director of education and perfume expert. Gerlanes? Yeah, Gerlanes. Gerlanes, okay. Um, Director of Education and Perfume Expert offers insight into the history of fragrance and explores the relationship between plants and perfume. Gerlane is the store back in Epcot that sells mm-hmm. the perfume. Oh, okay. Um, that segment is on the same day as someone else's, but the, the perfume segment is going to be at 1 and 4 p.m. Melinda Mayers, May 15th through 17th, TV host and nationally known garden expert, shares simple, creative ideas for saving time, energy, and money while being kind to the environment and growing beautiful landscapes. Robert Bauer, May 22nd through 24th, gardening expert, author, and director of the Harry P. Lou Gardens in Orlando, discusses plants with unusual textures, habits, and colors to use in your home landscape. Oh, good God, there's a second page. No, I'm almost done. <laughs> like, keep it rapid. Next time I've got to make sure I keep rapid, rapid. This is not, He's channeling Bob today. <laughs> this is not being very rapid at all. It kind of... Anyway. Good the, God, there's more. Last, last, <laughs> Turn the second page. <laughs> last but not least, Rita Randolph. She'll, I love her. <laughs> she'll be there. Who is she? I don't have a clue. <laughs> These are nationally a, known people. She's going to be there on May 27th. Are you going to wear your garden hat? To the 31st. She's a speaker, plant collector, and famous for Randolph's, Randolph's greenhouses. Demonstrates how to create unusual and eye-opening plant combinations with her favorite canvases. It's famous in quotes. Containers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Where did they come up oh, wait, with these? Are we going to the third page? <laughs> oh, no, I'm throwing it down. I've never heard of... I, Any of them. <laughs> yeah. I might know someone's face. I, I don't know the names. The names I mean, I watch the out. gardening shows on HGTV. And now, some of them I did recognize in the past. Those I'm not as familiar this with. This must no. be like the B-list. <laughs> I don't know. The horticultural B-list. <laughs> the second string. <laughs> the horticultural B-list. <laughs> is there a horticultural That's, A-list? <laughs> yes, there is. And I've been to some of those seminars over Did you ever go to the Cooperative Extension Bug Show? Oh, he's gonna—he's uh, never gonna let me live it down for making him go to. It was like this horror film. <laughs> did you go to that? I did. I, I watched made Bugs. I made Bugs. Yes. Yeah, one time, I thought I was going to be a horticulturist. I went to school for that stuff. So I did that for a couple of quarters myself. But got out one time, I thought I was going to be a movie star too. <laughs> <laughs> then I turned nine. <laughs> okay, well, that riveting section uh, is over now. So. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> well, now, uh, Flower and Garden starts on the 18th, right? Yes. I will certainly be there on the opening day. It's yep. always neat when you go over and you see the park transform from, you know, like just plain grass and then all. It when started like, yesterday. When does that thing at Lou Gardens with the hat people go on? <laughs> 
I'll have to try to look that up. <laughs> it was the weirdest, weirdest thing I'd ever seen. I blog, it was like one of the first blogs I put up um, was about the, the hat people. We went to Lou Gardens on a Saturday, and there was some fair going on. It was a very big and deal. Everybody had it was, straw it was like hats. They're, they're say, it was like a say something hat day. <laughs> <laughs> everybody had their say something hats on. Noxima, get me my hat. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Walter. Uh, Miss Kathy, what do you have? I have Disney Cruise Line begins construction of new ships now. This is what Disney says. Now, I don't know for all of us avid fans of Disney Cruise Line. Um, they started with a steel cutting ceremony March 2nd at the Meyer Werf Shipyard in Papenburg, Germany. It was the, the first piece of steel that was cut was part of an Art Deco inspired scroll work that will grace the bow of the ship. Um, the ships are coming in 2011 and 2012. Again, I don't know. Does that excite everybody that they cut a piece of scroll work? I thought to me that's like painting the walls before you start the house. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, sort I of what I unusual. thought. Yeah, you know, I thought wasn't it that when they start to cut the steel, isn't that the supposed to be the big ceremony? That's what they call steel cutting. Yeah. yeah. So if you're excited, yes, they've started. They cut a piece of I can't of believe scroll work. they haven't started on this already. I thought they had, too. Doesn't yeah. the Oscar Mayer Boatworks or whatever it's called <laughs> 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 have like a website where you can watch them do this? No, at, they do have a website that you can watch them build other ships, but Disney's not allowing them to show oh. construction because they have a few surprises for everybody. You watch them make hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> My ship has a first name. <laughs> The Oscar Mayer boat works. <laughs> Everybody's channeling Bob today. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that, Kathy. John? I have. Disney Cruise Line has just released a brand new promotion. Kids 12 and under get 50% off prevailing cruise line fares. Wake me up. Yeah, exactly. Um, specifics are this is good for three, four, and seven night sailings. It's 50% off the cruise fare for children 12 and under. Um, you have to have two full fare guests in the same stateroom. The important part here is that government taxes and fees are not included. So again, you're getting fifty percent off the cruise fare. You're going to pay. So you're saving f- like forty bucks, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is my complaint. Let me just finish. Most sale dates from March 26th through May 14th. Have at it. Okay. Okay. Still Here's them. the deal. I think Disney Cruise Line is in a real state of flux management-wise with Tom McAlpin on his way out and Carl Holtz on his way in, and they're not responding to the economy. We've got Disney World basically giving away hotel rooms, and these guys well, – what the hell is this? This is ridiculous. That is – I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's, it's absolutely against my business interest to trash this. But I really it, – it's never stopped me before. It's not going to stop me now. This is a stupid promotion that means nothing. It gives nobody anything. Limited sailings through the middle of uh, May. Um, on so the basically – so On the third person in the room. On the third and fourth person in the room. You, you, you know what? you got to like travel tomorrow to take advantage of this. Give people something real. Like kids sail free. Well, yeah, but How about – you know what? What about – and and um, nothing, absolutely, you know, give a, a discount or whatever to, to families. But what about those people who travel without kids? Mm-hmm. What you know? What about the loyal? John has said this a couple of times. Even your castaway club members, give them something. Be creative. Do something. You're, you, you know, we're, we're taking a look at World Caribbean right now. Dreams Unlimited is being forced 
to up the profile of Royal Caribbean on our site because the cruises are half what Disney Cruise Line is offering. Now, I am a huge fan of Disney Cruise Line, and I cannot say enough good things about the quality of the service and the product. I have always loved it, but the reality is right now people don't have $4,000 to go on a seven-day cruise, not when the cruise ship sitting right next to them that was probably built earlier or, or is newer than the Disney Cruise Line that has a great kids area and really beautiful staterooms is doing the same seven-day itinerary for 2000 It's It's just, you know, that's I'm sorry. There are things, you know, in a, in a good economy when people have, are flush with cash, you know, that's one thing. But when, when, when times are tough, it's another. Disney is going to have to adjust to this before the new ships come out. They're going to have to. And if this economy doesn't change quickly enough, they're going to have a problem on their hands when they have another ship to fill. I'm if they think they're, they're going to get away with price points like this. I'm surprised they're not trying things now because when those two ships come online, that's an awful lot of rooms and you're going to get some people that are going to book it anyway. But what about all those other rooms? And part of the problem they have now is they have people who are waiting. Why should I travel now mm-hmm. when in two years a new ship is coming out? Or why should I travel now when next year I can go to Europe? So there are people who are not traveling in 2009. You've got to grab them and give them a reason to travel. This is a pointless promotion. It's not enough. Go back to the table and do it again. That's my message to Disney Cruise Line. Not good enough. One of my peeves with this is they have sat down and they have figured out that these are the sale dates that are now paid in full. And this promotion only applies to new bookings. Yep. So if you want to get this, you have to cancel your booking and rebook, and you, and you, which includes the money penalties. You're right. right, and the money you're losing doesn't make it worth it. You're absolutely right. No, I'm going to lose $600 to say 40 Woohoo! Exactly. And it's just, you know, it, it's just, it, it's... And I understand they've got to fill these ships. They've got to get these ships filled up. Then you know what? Offer, you're already booked in our ship, get someone else to book, and we'll give you money off your cruise. Or we'll give you... Or do what other ships do and book last minute's bookings. Well, that's the other thing that this has done, too, is this has now screwed up their business model completely because the whole time they've been pushing this book early and get the lowest fare you could possibly get. This is twice now they've done last minute deals. So now people are going to get in that mindset. Well, why should I book now? Right. Why book early? I can get the best deal. I'm telling you, this has a lot to do with uh, the change in management. There's, uh, there, I don't think there's any clear direction right now, and they're just kind of flailing around trying to figure something out. Tweetering. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Do you know what they're doing? We went to Circuit City recently. Circuit City in Orlando is going out of business. I'd probably they're going all out going of out of business. All right. We went to Circuit City, and we looked at Guitar Hero. John's been thinking about buying Guitar Hero for our Wii. Everything in the store was 25 or 35 or 45% off because they're going out of business. Well, we looked at Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero was more at Circuit City at 30% off than it was across the street at BJ's at regular price. This is what Disney Cruise Line is doing. We're going to give you 50% off your kids, sale for, or your kids under 12 who are the third or fourth passenger in the room. Um, woo! You're going to save a, under 100 bucks. That's not going to be enough to include, entice people to book a cruise at the last and minute. Not only yeah. that, not only that, you're going to be driving some of your biggest revenue producers into the arms of other cruise lines because you're giving us no choice. You know, as a CEO of Dreams, I'm taking a look 
at Disney Cruise Line and saying, you know what, we have to. We have to start looking at Royal Caribbean. At least as an option. It has mm-hmm. to be an option because, A, it's a great product. No, and, and I'm sorry, I'll, I'll say it flat out. It's not in terms of quality. Can't hold a candle to Disney Cruise Line. But it's a great product, and they put on a great cruise, and they build some beautiful ships, and their staterooms are pretty spacious, and so are their balconies. And they've got a lot of ships that go a lot of places, and the price is half. And that's appealing. That's appealing to me as a vacationer. It's appealing to me as a businessman. And I think it's going to be it's becoming a lot more appealing to a lot of other people, too. And Disney needs to realize this, that under normal circumstances, yes, their brand will carry them. But we are not in normal circumstances anymore. This is a, it's a whole new ballgame. This economy, I've been saying it for a year, this economy is a whole new ballgame. They're going to have to do business differently. And Cruise Line, I just, they, they really have fumbled, in my opinion. They have really dropped the ball when it comes to offering really meaningful deals to their guests right now. They still think they can get away with filling their ships at full price. And coming up with these bogus kids half price, whatever, not enough. You got to do something for the rest of the people. You got to do something for, you know, if you're going to do kids half price and you need to do it through the summer where it matters, whether where, where people, so people, because people aren't pulling their kids out of school, they can't pull their kids out of school. Give it to people where it matters. And not like this. I, I'm sorry. But. They're going to be in the same position that they are now in the summer because they're not – it's not like the ships are full in the summer. They're not full, period. So they're going to run into the same availability issues and the same empty ships in a couple of months. And then when you have these people on the ships, you have a much better chance of getting them to come back. Mm-hmm. Or spend money and increase your revenue there. So – yeah, just when they're stupid, they're stupid. And they're being stupid right now. So, all right. Well, thank you for that, John. Kevin, what do you have? I have one that's I think a little old. Boat rides has stopped serving breakfast as of February twenty second. Yeah, I think that's somebody a little passed old. me the tissues. You really? <laughs> now you have to wait till dinner to get chicken and waffles. <laughs> <laughs> Mediocre food. That it. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if there was more. Okay. See, I understood the concept of rapid fire. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for rapid fire this week, folks. We'll move on to our first segment. Talk a little bit about uh, Universal Orlando's Mardi Gras parade, which we uh, most of us had a chance to experience. Kevin was not with us uh, for that, but uh, Walter and Kathy and Corey and John and I, Teresa and Teresa, also got a chance to ride. On one of the floats or on the riverboat float. And uh, I got to tell you what, that was wild. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. fun. Uh, That was the most fun I've had in a long time. I didn't know that I needed to do that. And then when I did it, now I'm like, why did I wait so long? That was fun. That's what I said to myself, Mm -hmm. same thing. How is it possible I have waited this long? Mm -hmm. See, I had done it with a company that I worked with before Dreams. 
I had done it a couple of times. It's really great. I was thinking of you the whole time we were doing it. Like, no, do this and do that and remember yeah, this. Right. And I told you, you're going to feel what it feels like to be a rock star. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, the way you get to ride a float is either you're invited through either um, someone who works through someone who works for Universal, or sometimes they have a standby line in the park. So if you go back to Fear Factor, Fear Live. Factor Live, you can stand in the standby line. The night we went. They actually came out and made an announcement that there were no standby spaces available. You had to be invited to the ride. And we all had wristbands that identified us as being able to ride the ride. There was a guy, one guy went up and down the line and asked who had any wristbands for sale. And one guy said, I have two wristbands for sale for $140. Mm-hmm. So this is something that people want to do. And I'm pretty sure he, he sold them. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did, too. I mean, our our universal rep was like, we got to get him out of this park and kick him out. But <laughs> So it's one of those things, I guess, is, you know, the information coveted. gets out of coveted is a good word. So we went to the Fear Factor attraction, and we waited online, like I said. And then at some point, they let us in, and they checked our wristbands. And we all sat together and waited for them to tell us what float we were going to be on. I thought that was they were really organized. With- oh, they had that down with science. Yeah. yeah, that went pretty quick. Excellent job they did. Somebody but then, but before the- we got assigned to well, we got assigned to our float, and then we had a yeah our put on those outfits. Right. So the guy comes out and he talks to us and gives us a little bit of a, a preview of what's going to happen. We had to fill out a waiver that pretty much said we can't sue Universal if something bad happens to us, and then they brought us up to where our um, our float captain was, and our float captain was standing by our costumes. And, um, you know, I don't want people to think that we had, you know, tremendously elaborate costumes. These are like smocks. Well, that, but, very that colorful as, smocks, I, as I defined it in my blog, it was like being the maitre d' at a very gay Chinese restaurant. <laughs> you looked like Pave. At least we don't have to wear hats or masks or anything. But if you looked at some of the pictures, people actually did some of them wore pants. Some of them had pants, yeah. So we lucked out there. I think they looked at our group and said, no "No way. I've been in in some actual uh, Mardi Gras parades in New Orleans, and, you know, it was really different being on, uh, riding on this float sober. That was a big, that was a big change for me. But now these floats are built by the same guy. Some of them. Some of them are built by a Blaine Kern, which um, builds a lot of the the floats that ride in the the parades in New Orleans, and they are. Is it really now? Incredible. Is it me, or were the floats this year just exceptional? I mentioned that to Kevin. Well, he said he had done it once. I mean, a they're always great. Before. They always have great yeah. floats, but these were. Exceptional. I've done it once before, and I was shocked when we when we got our costume and we were uh, walked to the backstage area where we were getting on the floats, and we walked past about three or four floats. I could not believe how nice they were and the detail. They really oh, it's an art. It's an art. Stepped it up a and, lot. You know, it was and beautiful. I, I I say it a lot. Nobody throws a party like Universal, and this is such a great example. Um, I've always enjoyed Mardi Gras. Now. I mean, in the interest of full disclosure, this is my first sober Mardi Gras in a number of years. Uh, so that was a bit of a different experience, as Corey pointed out. <laughs> um, and riding it and, and, and seeing it from the float, seeing the throngs of people. That was unbelievable. That park was packed. Oh, that park packed. was packed. Beyond packed. It was crazy. It was Pat Benatar awesome. really oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It was that the same was... night Pat Benatar was performing. And they all came with her? They've yeah, got they some did. great. They have got some. I'm sorry. They've got some really great acts this year. Mm-hmm. At Pat Benatar the night we were there, they have bare naked ladies coming up this week. 
Um, Kelly, Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson coming up next uh, week after next. And MC Hammer. I mean, who doesn't want to go see mm. him? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Some, I said they have some <laughs> great acts this yes. year. Oh, but I bet you he even gets across. But, but Trace Atkins, you were talking mm-hmm. about him. Um, Nelly. Is coming up. I guess Nelly will be a draw. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Um, I think he was calling you a name. No. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean they have they have a great lineup of of uh, concerts coming up. The concert takes place right after the the uh, parade, and that new concert the the new stage and venue they have set up looks amazing, incredible. That was nice. It's really really nice. Um, now let me ask you guys, um, what would you offer up as tips to people who are trying to catch beads? What to do, what not to do. I would say for me. The people who made eye contact with yes, me yes, or were definitely yeah. more likely to get me to throw beads at them. Uh, I was really trying to aim for like kids, little kids, uh, and people in wheelchairs. Yes. I, there was a number oh, of yes. people in wheelchairs, and I was really trying to, because, you know. So you're telling people to and, rent wheelchairs? And older people. <laughs> <laughs> or kids. Except I felt bad because, you know, you, you know you're throwing these beads out. I nailed one guy in the head in a they wheelchair. Give a lot like, of instruction oh, no. on how to throw it. I was nailing people left and right. I had to. I like uh, to throw to people way in the back. I, that's yeah, what I, I was do doing. Too. The people that's that are really paying attention, doing. I try to nail them. <laughs> well, I was, you know, I was trying to spread them out. You know, get some in the back. Get, but you know, a lot of the, a lot of the ones up front were little kids, and I was just making me nervous because you know one of the things they tell you when you get on the float is try not to drop them down the side because these kids will run out into the street and try and grab yeah. them, not realizing that there are wheels. On well, that's the, why they had someone walking beside the float to watch out for kids. Yeah, they them. were, I, I'll tell you, Universal ran this brilliantly. One of the rules that I found really, really hard to follow was throw one beat at a time. No, that wasn't a problem, problem for me. I thought that was pretty That easy. was tough for me. I threw a bunch of it. There, there, there was some, well, toward the, as it was getting close to the end, and I still had beads. Because I ended up, because one of the things they tell you is don't come back with any beads. Because these beads are on uh, strands and strands of beads are on these pegs right in front of you on the float, and you just like you take a bunch, you rip the tab off of them so you can pull them off, and you, you know I was wearing them over my arm and just tossing them out. But in, as it, as we, as I realized, oh no, we're getting close to the end. I'm like like yeah. power throwing, <laughs> and I'm like flinging these beads out all over the place, and. Uh, it was, I don't know, it was a great, great experience. I am so anxious to do it again. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do it again next week. It was so much fun. When I did it, I was, don't be obnoxious. That would be my tip. If you were obnoxious and screaming, I wouldn't throw beads to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The obviously obnoxious people. Yeah. When I didn't throw it to people who were, like, dripping in beads, I'm like, yeah, you got enough. Yeah, so a good I'll tip would be somebody. hide some of your beads. Don't yes. wear them all I would say that. Yeah, kids, um, parents who were obviously trying to get beads to give their kids. Yeah. Um, especially if they weren't right up front, if they were in the middle of the crowd and the kids really couldn't, you know, see. I was trying to aim for them. People in wheelchairs, trying to aim for them. Um, Actually, some older people I saw. You know, older people. Yes, I was. I was definitely focusing on older people as well, and trying, you know, trying my best. See, when I'm when I when I was aiming for someone to make sure they got beads, that's when I was really doing it underhand and trying to really control how I throw them to make sure they got them. Because a couple of times I aimed at somebody and then somebody reached out in front right. of them and grabbed them. That happens a lot. And then I would take beads and like bunch them up and like toss them like right at the heads <laughs> of <laughs> those some, people. And to some of those people, it's like, come on, get a life. We were only tossing beads. They, you know, 
some of those people just really went crazy and so there like, was vindictive bead throwing. Yeah, <laughs> there was. There's a little bit. Yeah, I mean, some of the people. Well, I mean, were like, really and truly, how often do you get to nail tourists in the head with plastic? <laughs> you know, it was like, and it's and it's okay. <laughs> so I signed a waiver. I signed a waiver. According to my daughter, though, we did good on ours because by the time we got to where she was. Um, we were still throwing beads where a lot of the other floats had already run out of beads at that point. So we were doing good. They didn't we, pace themselves. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I, I was concerned about that. I was concerned about not having enough beads, but, you know, the spot where I was standing, there were beads hanging, and then at my feet there was a big box. Yeah, we had a box right beads. behind us. Yeah. I'm like, this we, is going to work out. <laughs> yeah. I think what was what falls on the floor, they put in the box for well, later. Lot, yeah, but and then I, I was just grabbing handfuls yeah. of the extra beads, and yeah. we broke into that, but... I got rid of all the beads that I had. Mm-hmm. So did I. Well, I had I had some left I was wearing around my neck for the rest of the night. A whole strand, though. Several strands, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a lot of fun, folks. If you This is running through, what, is it April? I want to say April 18th? Yes. Um, is uh, Mardi Gras running through. It's uh, every Saturday night. There's like one or two Fridays, uh, but mostly it's all Saturday nights. If you get a chance to get over there for it, it is so, 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 so worth it. And uh, a lot of kids, a lot of kids there, a lot of families there. Yeah, the Friday, um, the Friday um, Mardi Gras is going to be March 27th. That's in the headliners, Boys Like Girls. And then the next night, Saturday, all of them. Saturday will, be, uh, <laughs> will be Kelly Clarkson. Did you guys get a chance to go over to see Pat Benatar? No, we didn't. Teresa did. Yeah, we did. Corey, we attempted. We did. Corey and I strolled over there. You couldn't get close to that stage. No. That's why we didn't try. It looked oh, like it was Yeah, packed. and because uh, James and Amy had the baby with them, which was not my first Another choice. tip is if, if you have a stroller, yeah, you know, stop it. good luck and stay, well, we away tried, from the con- stay away from the concert area. Cause we tried to tell them. Tried to tell them. Not Teresa, a good place to be with a stroller. Yeah. but When you went to leave, did they have like a new traffic pattern? I read on the Diz something about like how they had you coming out wasn't like just a free-for-all when the concert was over? Well, we didn't sit till the end of the okay. concert, but we had to go through several buildings to get to the front of the park because you couldn't. the street was so packed. Yeah, it was crazy. And we at one point, around. I lost Stella. I was holding onto her hand, but we could not see her. There were oh, that, people, that many oh, my. people close to her. I knew I was holding her hand, but when I looked down, all I saw was her hand. Wouldn't it be funny if there was like another kid? Where'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you come funny. from? <laughs> Stella! <laughs> but... Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it, there's no extra admission charge for Mardi Gras. It's with your normal uh, pass to get into Universal. Uh, we've got the seven-day unlimited park hopper passes on the site now, ninety nine ninety nine that you can buy. And uh, so, and that gives you uh, unlimited access to both parks for seven consecutive days after the day of first use. So, and if get, you end up do buying a one-day, one-park ticket on a Mardi Gras night, make sure you... Enter Universal because if you go to Islands of Adventure, you will miss Universal. You will, the yeah. Those, those are unless you get a one one day two park right pass. Something that I remember, I didn't go this year, as you said, but something I remembered in the past. I think for people who aren't really familiar with Universal, I think something that needs to be said is that it's different, a different atmosphere than Disney. Much alcohol is not only served; it's encouraged. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's more adult themed, well, especially yes. during Mardi Gras, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just I think yeah, that not comes so much to not so much during a regular day, but yeah, Mardi Gras, but all of their events, even during Halloween, Halloween Horror Nights, Nights. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not Disney. 
Yeah. It's not Disney, but you know, and this is where a lot of Disney fans diverge. Um, you know, for me, the fact that it's not Disney is appealing to me. Not that I don't love Disney and love going to Disney parks. This is a different experience, uh, and it's a great experience. I love Universal. I love going over to their parks, whether it's just to hang out for the day or uh, going over for Mardi Gras, Halloween Horror Nights, events like that. Uh, it really is a lot of fun. I really highly recommend it. Um, and uh, you know, just in, in addition to the uh, the concerts and the parades, they have little uh, booths set up that that has New Orleans type in quotes food. <laughs> you know, yep. Didn't they have like a psychic too? Oh yeah, they had yeah, psychics yeah. and they had uh, the tattoo people doing the temporary tattoos. They had a tattoos. Oh, I didn't um, see the psychics. Oh yeah, I think you're going to spend money today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all right, that'll. Uh, That'll do it for our segment about Mardi Gras. We're going to move on. John and Kevin uh, have uh, part two of their cruise primer. That is correct. The last time we uh, we did our cruise primer, we took you through the actual check-in process. Sorry, I haven't done that in a while. I haven't done that in a while. I'm so glad that's fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till Pete goes again. Wait again. We'll bring the syrup again. Okay. <laughs> Last time we did the, our cruise primer, we talked to you about the what to expect up until the point of actually getting on the ship. So we thought we'd bring you through a little bit of what you can expect on the ship. I, want, I don't want to talk about um, ports of call or shore excursions or anything like that. I think we'll save that for another one because, you know, they just get to be too long and too complicated. One of the things that um, you that happens when you're on the ship is every day you get what's called a navigator. And the navigator tells you what's going to happen that day and what time dinner is and where food is being served and what events are taking place. The day you show up to the port, you're going to get your navigator for the first day. And that's going to give you information as to where you go for your lunch when you board, um, when your stateroom is going to be ready, and then the events that are happening that night. So you have checked in. you got your navigator. We've got you through the process of you've got your key to the world card. They're going to take your picture, and then you're going to walk to the gangway. And before you get to the gangway, you're going to get your Disney photographer who's going to be waiting there, who's going to want to take your picture with your family against some fake Which I just get away from me. (laughs) We could do that bolt around them. But people love it. And every picture that's taken on the cruise is going to be available in shutters. For everybody to see. For everybody to see. And we'll talk a little bit more about shutters later, but just know that... If you want pictures taken, take as many as you can. You don't have to pay for them unless you want them, and you get to preview them before you buy them. I'm going to go back to the Navigator for just a second. One of the very best tips I've ever heard, the Navigator is set up each day almost like TV guide style. There's a time, excuse me, and then there's all the different events that happen during that time. It's set up in a grid and one of the best tips I've ever heard is that this can get very complicated, especially if you have different aged children who are going to want to go in different directions. And what I, the tip that I've heard is to bring... Post to Guadalajara, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God, they're going to write to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> talk about throwing you off the track. Uh, is to bring different colored markers, um, highlighters. highlighters. So that each person has a colored highlighter so that they can highlight the things that they want to do. 
on their navigator. I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. You get them the night before. It gives you a chance to sit down and figure out what your day is going to look like the next day. And I heard – I thought that was a terrific idea. And we also have them up on the DIS on the cruise board. And it's a good idea maybe to look at them before you cruise so you can say to your kids, hey, do you want to do this? So you have an idea before you even get on the ship. The type of things that are offered now, they will be they will change from cruise mm-hmm. to cruise, but that's a good idea to get an idea. And also take a look at the format of it. Yeah, if you go to the stateroom section on the DIS – under um, we have a section for personal navigators, and we have them scanned there in PDF format. Some um, so you can get an idea of what you're what you can expect. So you've gotten your first picture that they're going to try to sell you later on, and at that point you actually hit you get to the gangway that puts you on the ship. You're leaving the terminal. You're getting on the ship. On the other side, you're physically stepping onto the boat, and there's going to be a crew member or a couple crew members there who's going to ask you your family name. And they're going to announce your name as you enter the ship. Yeah, it's really annoying. And everyone claps. Oh, people love it. Oh, I think that's a big deal. Yeah. You don't like it when they do that? No, I hate that. No, I don't like <laughs> oh, my daughter the last time said to the cast it's like, member. like, ladies and gentlemen, Liza. <laughs> she said to the cast member he wasn't enthusiastic enough, so he really got into it. So it's, it's fun. It's fun. And they, well, everybody claps and you feel like a celebrity and you enter the beautiful, beautiful atrium of the ship. And if you tell them you're Caroline Kennedy or Madonna, they announce that and then everybody in the the atrium looks at you. (laughs) And everybody like walks in and then like looks up and has that look of awe on their face. It's just, it's really something when you step on the board. Is there a back door? No. 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 You have to go in through the front door. It's a boat. There's only... (laughs) There's a screen door. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a back door? Those are the cat thirteens. <laughs> they leak. So you've you've gotten on the ship and you've referenced your navigator. The navigator is going to tell you where you can go to have lunch. You can't go to your stateroom right away. They're not done until about two or three o'clock. So go have lunch. Enjoy the buffet. Um, these buffets are kind of a little bit of a madhouse. People are just getting on the ship. They're nuts. They're excited. Kids are excited. They have luggage with them. They have luggage with them, trying to find a seat. My advice is just take a breath, find a seat for your family, have everybody go up and get their their lunch. There are two places to go for the buffet. There's Beach Blanket Bingo or... Top Ciders? Oh, yeah, I was going to say the Sandstorm Cafe. (laughs) Beach Beach Blanket Bingo or Top Ciders? not Bingo. (laughs) Beach Blanket Annette. <laughs> dancing it, dancing it. Uh, beach blanket buffet or topsiders. Beach blanket and parrot key too, or you can go to parrot key. That's where we usually beach go. blanket buffet and topsiders are a buffet, but you, it's you pick your own seat and it's kind of organized chaos. And what that is, that's based on the ship you're on. Right. One ship has one restaurant named one name, one restaurant named another name. Both ships have parrot key and parrot key. You go in and you're seated, so you're you're taken to a table. You've given an assigned seat. No one has to, you know, camp out while everybody else goes and gets their burger. It's more of a little – it's a little organized. Now, Parrot Key does close earlier than the buffets upstairs on Deck 9. And there's usually, at least on my cruises, there's a cast member standing outside Parrot Key or like in the atrium area that tries to get you to go to one or the other. But if you want to sit down – and he's trying to send you upstairs, you can just sort of ignore him and go where you want. Yeah. Um, don't worry about you know looking and seeing where these places are. They're going to tell you where to go mm-hmm. when you get on the <laughs> ship. There's kind of very little leeway in the beginning. Follow us, and we'll point you to the right direction. 
Lunch is okay when you first get on the ship. I mean, it's sort of... I actually think it's one of the best meals. They have yeah, the jumbo shrimp. Too. They have the jumbo shrimp on the buffet. You're not going to see them for the rest of your cruise. Fill mm-hmm. up. I think it's utilitarian. I think it's kind of like, here's some salads and here's some cold cuts, but, you know. Well, see, I go for that style of food rather than some of the sit-downs. So for me, the buffet is I a like big it. deal. Yeah. So you've gotten on the ship. You've had your lunch. Um, most people at that point will head to their stateroom, check out their stateroom. Um, if you've listened to our advice and you brought your carry-on bag, the kids can change into their bathing suits and then go up and swim in the pool, or you can just explore the ship and wait for the ship to pull out of port. One of the things that you're going to find in your stateroom is you're going to find your tickets that explain to you your dining rotation and where you're going to be seated, your table number. Yeah, these dinner. are usually going to be on your desk. Correct, on the desk area that's in there. So that's a good thing to go in and check it out and get acquainted with that. Some people like to uh, um, you know, read through all the stuff that's in the room. Each room is going to have a book that has information about the cruise has information about ports of call and also has your in-room dining menu. So you can reference that if you want to get room service later on. Right around. Keep in mind that when you first get on the ship, very few of the ship's services will be available. Anytime the ship is in port, the stores will be closed. Uh, I don't think room service is available when room you service first. isn't available, right, until they pull out a port. And they're also turning the ship over from the guests who were there before you, so there's going to be some limited services. And then, that day before you pull out of port, is your muster drill. And your muster drill is basically where they... The thing I hate the most on that ship. (laughs) Kevin does, too. In my opinion, your vacation doesn't start till you get to kick that awful life preserver back under the bed. (laughs) Yeah, at 4.15, that's when your vacation really begins, because 4 o'clock is the muster drill. Muster drill is where they show you you a report to your lifeboat station, and you get a little bit of a I mean, yes, it's very important. Mandatory. Mandatory. It's mandatory, and they will... Hunt you down like a dog. Yeah, if you don't show up for it. So don't think it's optional. And everything that they say should be taken seriously. Absolutely. Pay attention to what they're telling you. Pay attention to where you're supposed to be in the event something happens. But... And you're looking at all the kids, like, licking these whistles. <laughs> yeah. For those all of you who don't know, the life preservers have a, uh, a whistle attached to them. So if you're ever... Well, I, I think it's important to mention that it, you have to show up for your mustard drill wearing the life preservers that are in your stateroom. They're going to be in the closet up above. Uh, there's usually four in there, four or five in there, including child sizes. And it's pretty much an orange cervical collar. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's very uncomfortable and sweaty and nasty, and you have to put this on, and you cannot use the elevators during a muster drill, because it's basically showing you what staircases to use. Obviously, if there's an emergency on the ship, the elevators will not be operational, so they're wanting you to know what stair stairways to use to get to your assigned place on deck where you'll be given instructions on what to do in the event there's an emergency on board. Now, before anyone panics, on the back of your stateroom door, there's a diagram telling you where your muster station is. And as you go out of your door, and as soon as you get to the stairwells, there will be cast members at every landing. And your your life preserver is coded to your room and has your muster drill on it, so you'll be directed into which direction to go. Yeah. 
and I would say don't be fashionably late. That's that's my pet peeve is you're sitting there and they're like, wait a minute, there's these many people and you have to wait. And I understand from the Diz that a lot of people purposely show up late so they they can get out of there quicker because then they're not seated. They're like closer to the door. Or they're not in line in the, in the back. They're in the line in the front. Right. So, you know, be nice to everybody. Show up when you're supposed to. And we say it's mandatory. You will be checked off. They're going to go through your stateroom and they're going to say how many people are here, raise your hands, and they're going to check you off a list. So it's do not they, like one person can show up for everybody in your family. Do they put you in the little boats? No. No. No, they don't. <laughs> they just show you where the boats are. And in terms of in terms of the boats, let's, let me just uh, say that not only is there enough lifeboat capacity on board for everyone, including crew, but I believe... I want to say plus twenty percent. That was my next question. It's like it's like it's an overcapacity of lifeboat space. They not only have the yellow lifeboats, which they had to get special permission because normally lifeboats on ships are orange. They had to get special permission from the Coast Guard to paint them that color to keep the aesthetic of the ship. But uh, there's also um, like inflatable lifeboats. I think they are that are you, you kind of see them stored on deck. You don't see the lifeboats, but you see where they're stored on deck. Um, so there's plenty of capacity. If you're lucky, you will have a muster station on the shady side of the ship. Oh, God. If you are on the sa- shady side of the ship... Say that five times fast. <laughs> count your blessings. The people on the other side of the ship are standing in the direct sun, Florida sun, wearing a life preserver. Yeah. <laughs> And if you're lucky enough, you get in one of the restaurants. We've gotten that the last two times. Where you get to sit. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. In an orange plastic cervical collar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like everyone has said here, once the mustard drill is over, that's when your vacation begins. Um, They'll dismiss you. You can go back to your stateroom. Be forewarned, there's going to be a huge glut of people going for the elevators after the mustard drill. You might want to hang back, do a little exploration of the ship. Go check out shutters. Go check out the restaurants. Maybe go see where you're going to be sitting that night for dinner. Let the crowds thin out a little bit. Go back to your stateroom. Put your life vest away. And your cruise has begun. From this point forward, except for dinner, you're free to do whatever you want. You can go where, well, even at dinner time, too. And we'll talk about that later. But there's no set schedule of you have to be here, you have to go there, you have to do this. You guys can go and enjoy the ship however or wherever you want. Um, One of the cool things to do is almost everyone goes up on deck to watch the ship pull out of port. That's a very cool thing to watch. If you go to the front of the ship and you look over the sides, you'll see the dolphins that ride alongside the ship as you go through the breakwaters. That's not a guarantee. But but it happens a lot. They're not Disney dolphins. I tell every client that they're going to see those dolphins. You think that's there's also the sail away party that goes on up on deck. Something at that uh, time. Another tip that uh, underneath your bed is a great place to store your luggage. The beds are not that heavy, and what happens is uh, we find that a lot of times luggage is too high to slide right under the bed. If someone lifts the end of the bed up a little bit, your luggage will slide right underneath, and the bed will sit right on top of it without hurting your luggage. Also, while you're leaving port, as Pete mentioned, there's going to be a sail-away party. They're going to play music. Characters will come out. There'll be a lot of dancing. Kids love this. This is a great thing. Kids and adults, I guess, will love it. Oh, I love it when they do that. Um, On the podcast cruise, John will be dancing. I will hmm. be. At the sail-away party. I'm going to be doing the, all the single ladies dance. 
I can't wait. Beyonce. For those of you who have not signed up for the podcast cruise, that's reason enough to go. <laughs> I did it in the living room one day, and Kevin almost I'm died. I'm still not over it. <laughs> it's like the hyenas in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He almost died. Um, one of the things to, to, to get used to on the ship, and someone wrote an email about this, and I thought we mentioned this over and over again. There's no cash spent on the ship. Yeah, we mentioned. Yeah, we did. Someone wrote to me and said, "You have to explain the whole key to the world card thing." I'll do it again. There's no cash except for tips used on the ship. That's not. That's not a choice. Tips at the end of the cruise, not like after you have a meal. Well, what I'm saying is tips for room service. Oh, for room service, yeah. Right, where you'd use cash. I think the thing that conf- was not quite clear is that this is not a choice. Exactly. You don't have the choice of using cash. No one will accept it from you other than your room service waiter. So you, you're on the ship. If you want to drink at the bar, if you want to drink from the roaming drink pushers, you can have. You have to use your Key of the World card for that. And just keep that in mind. You're going to want those with you. One of the things that people want to know about is the... The soda. Sodas are free on the ship. There is a drink station located aft. On deck nine. On deck nine. And there's going to be soda dispensers. There's going to be cups. There's going to be coffee, a hot water for tea, and hot chocolate and milk and, and all the other things. And there's need. juices and, like, lemonade, I think. Right. And all that's free and all that's throughout the entire cruise. The yeah. sodas are free. At that drink station. However, if you buy a soda at the bar, you will be charged for it. That's what I was going to point out next. Okay, sorry. Sodas will also be included in your dinner. Yes, that's correct. If you're sitting down at a dining table for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, your soda is included. As long as you're sitting down at a table service. Correct. Now, another tip. The glasses that they give you on deck nine for you to use your soda are very small. Most people find it beneficial to throw a plastic cup or something with a cover in your bag that you can take more than eight ounces of soda with you. What we've done is, do you ever go to like um, a 7-Eleven where they have those kind of sturdy plastic cups yeah. with the like lids? a big gulp kind of thing. We'll take a couple of those with us on the cruise and we find you fill those up and you don't have to go back to the drink station as often. And if something happens that it gets lost, it's not a catastrophe. Right. And if you buy alcohol tip is already included like if you buy an alcoholic drink i mean you can always tip more but they automatically include yeah, a tip on virtually there. with the exception of merchandise anytime they hand you a check for drinks or food or anything like that uh well never for food but anytime they hand you a check for drinks right a tip a gratuity is already automatically added in and they don't go out of their way to tell you that so a lot of people end up leaving thinking that's the price um and leave an extra tip yeah. So, which is fine to do if, as long as you know that's what you're doing. Chances are the bartender you go to will be at that spot for the remainder of the cruise. So, tip them early on in the cruise, and maybe as you go, get better drinks that yeah. way. That <laughs> always, <laughs> always. Yeah. Locate your bartenders and take care of them immediately. That should be the first thing you do on the ship. <laughs> Sorry, I regress. <laughs> really. Regress or relapse? I mean, what? So back to soda. So back to soda. So that that's one of the big questions people have. Now, again, your navigators are going to tell you every day what the, the evening entertainment's going to be. You can figure out if you want to go to the shows or not. Um, we'll talk about the shows more, I think, in another show because they're a little bit more involved. 
but we find that the quality of the shows on a Disney ship are better than the quality of shows on other ships. They really put a lot of money into the entertainment. So if you're on the fence about going, we say go and enjoy it, especially if you're a Disney fanatic. Oh, no. If you're on the Disney ship and you haven't seen the shows, yeah. you should go see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's some people who just don't like to go to shows. Tough go anyway. <laughs> right. It's like yeah, the I don't, do the, sh- I don't do the shows. Yes, but you've been already. Yeah. If you if this is one of your if this is your first time and as I said if you haven't seen the show you should go. Theater is beautiful. Theater seats a lot of people. You're going to be seated in the theater based on your dining rotation. So go and have a good. time. If you have an early di- dinner, you show you eat you see the show after dinner. If you have a late dinner, you see the show before dinner. There are a couple of hot spots on the Disney cruise ship. A couple of hot topics. Let me say, one is saving seats in the theater. It's not allowed. Don't do it. Or on deck at the pool. Don't that was save the other seats. one. You cannot put a towel at seven o'clock in the morning on a deck chair, and not show up till four o'clock and expect to put your butt in the deck chair. <laughs> it's not. You're not allowed to save those seats. And there's going to be a huge discussion. Well, what if I'm just in the pool? Well, what if I went back to the room? Well, what if? Just use common sense. If you're going for the dip in the pool, yes, I think you should be ex- expect to be able to go back to your lawn chair. Right. If you're going to lunch. And then going to a movie and then going someplace else. No, do not expect that lawn chair to be there when you get back. That chaise lounge. Even if you just go to lunch, don't right. expect that be lounge decent. to be there. Move the towel. Go sit somewhere else. Can you tell I've had this conversation? I'm telling, <laughs> I'm telling you. In addition to the shows, there's tons of other entertainment on the ship. People are always saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be bored. You're not going to be bored. One of the no things that, that sets ship. Disney apart is that they have a real movie theater on board where they run first run movies we actually went to a, what they um a premiere at sea one time we went and saw the movie chicago it premiered the same time it did on land so they'll have first run movies they'll do um many times the big movie that's out will be in the big theater where you've gone to, uh, to we see saw the pirates of the caribbean there you see is the that show extra or is that everything no. we're talking about is included that's included it's all so included all your entertainment all your meals. You are, are not nickel food. and dimed right. on the cruise. A- another tip: if you're going to the movie theater on board, bring a towel, bring a sweatshirt, bring a sweater, bring a blanket. It's a degree in that movie theater. Yes, <laughs> it's like they're trying to freeze you. Right now, in the when you go into the shows or when you go into a movie, someone's going to be there to try to sell you candy or popcorn. This is not included. This is an extra charge. So just be forewarned about that. You don't want to send the kids out and say they spent $5 for a bag of M&M's. If you consume something packaged, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, pretty much. Again, there's plenty of entertainment on the ship. There's a whole um, entertainment district, um, and we'll go into detail about that the next time. We'll go into shows the next time. As you go through your cruise, depending on the length of the cruise and the itinerary of the cruise, there's going to be ports of call. You'll get all that information in your navigator, where you're going to be the next day, what time you can get off the ship, what time you have to be back on the ship. Um, You'll also have the opportunity to attend uh, talks where they talk about what to do when you get off the ship, shopping, where to shop, where they recommend you to shop. So Disney really holds your hand through the process as much as you want your hand held. Another tip. The shopping talks can often be helpful, but please don't be. Don't give up something you really want to do to go see the shopping talk because as soon as it's done, 
they will play it on the television over and until over and you want to put your foot through it. I'll be honest with you too. That's <laughs> yeah. also that's the also yeah. the case with the entertainment of the shows at night. Right. They'll play those on the TV again. They won't play those over and over again, but they'll play them. Get your Tanzanite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll come home with an entirely new vocabulary. <laughs> so, again, I'm trying to stress to the point that this is your vacation. Do what you want to do. You know, I'm sorry. Just let me interrupt for a second since we're talking about the shopping thing. Um, it's very important that you keep in mind that the shopping representative on the ship does not work for Disney. They work for a private company. And the places they're recommending are places that do business with them. This is not – they did not go through some – I mean, I'm not saying that they will recommend you someplace just because that person was the – that company was the highest bidder. But I have – had problems with their official um, uh, recommended, sellers, sellers. recommended sellers. I have had trouble um, to the point where on coming back from one cruise, I almost had to get the lawyer involved because they, uh, you know, one of their recommended sellers did a bait and switch on a ring. Um, I purchased a, a, a stone to be put in a ring, and uh, the stone that I purchased and what ended up being in the ring were two different stones mm. and they refused to do anything about it in the store. I got back on the ship. I made a big deal of it to the shopping person on the ship. She actually took physical possession of the ring and it took me months to get it back. Something wow. And they never made it right. They never made Really? That's I got my money. They took the stone out and gave me my money back, but they never made it right. Something else to keep in mind. Uh, the and this shopping- was on a Disney ship. The shopping that they're going to push when you go into the Caribbean is going to be high-end merchandise. No one's really pushing T-shirts and flip-flops. They're pushing jewelry. They're pushing watches. They're pushing cameras. They're pushing really high-end stuff. And there will be an auction on board where you can buy high-end art. Now, Corey just, I'm sure, is going to make the little quotations around the word art. However... One of the things that you should know is if you're planning on making a major purchase in jewelry, in a watch, in a camera, in a piece of artwork, is that you should know before you go what the approximate price of what you're thinking of buying is, what you should see as a price, because you're going to be told that this is the very best price you're ever going to get, and this is the very best place to the buy. Last place, not- you, last time you can get it. Yeah. Right. It's going to be the only time in your entire life that you're going to see this. There's a huge amount of high-pressure sales in the Caribbean. So if you know what the price is, uh, the approximate price of what you're buying, you can find a deal. Yep. And there are, and let me be clear, there are absolutely yes. deals to be had on jewelry, watches, and electronics in the Caribbean. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There are deals to be had. And I'll tell you now that I've, you know, because I do ex- did exactly what Kevin said. You know, whenever I buy jewelry, I know what I pay for it here before I go. I know what grade of diamond is yeah. going to sell for how much per carat, per half carat. Um, I make sure. Um, I'm educated on that before we actually go if I know I'm going to be doing any kind of shopping like that. So you, if you know what you're looking for, if you have an idea of what you're looking for, if you know you want to buy your wife or your husband a special gift, do your research before you leave. Know what the price of that, if you, especially if it's going to be any kind of gemstone, whether it's diamond, emerald, ruby, whatever. Know what kind of pricing you're getting locally 
And this way you'll know just how good a deal you're getting. And you don't have to stick to the recommended stores. We found Julia a great ring at a great price. Yes, a beautiful, beautiful ring. ring. And it wasn't one of the recommended stores. But we did a little shopping around. and you the, know. Only, the only safety net you have in doing business with a recommended store is that if there is a problem, like I had with my ring, that you de- technically do have an advocate on the ship. Yeah. Like I said, in my case, I damn near had to get my lawyer involved before they would make it right. But uh, they were, you know, I was getting, you know, I had gotten Disney Cruise Line on them. I had gotten, I, I went off. And they eventually did the right thing. But, see, there is that extra yeah. little bit of, you may have to fight for it, but there is that extra bit of protection in going with a recommended uh, store as opposed to not. But as Corey points out, there are plenty of great stores in the Caribbean that just choose not to do business with the cruise lines. I mean, they send us Christmas cards. Oh, I, mean, I, get Chris, I still to this day, I get Christmas cards from Princess Jewelers in St. Thomas every year. Something else to keep in mind is if you're looking for a Rolex watch or a Rembrandt, always remember the old saying, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, well, I can tell you that... Uh, you're not going to get a Rolex watch for $200 is my No, opinion. no, no. You're not going to get it for 200 but... Um, you will find a Ro- you can find Rolex watches for about thirty to forty percent less in the islands than you can buy here in the states. This I know for a fact um, that you can and, and you can buy certain electronics. Um, and the real money saver is it's tax free. Well, it's tax free, but you have to pay a duty on everything over. And he purchases over two or three thousand dollars. I forgot exactly person. what it is per person. So if you go and you spend ten thousand dollars on the island, you are going to have to pay duty on it before you get off the ship. Well, I bet I'm sure we'll get into that at some point. I say we're, we're going to cover the uh, the getting okay. off the ship process and all that in another one. What I wanted to do is I want and have cash to pay that duty because otherwise you ain't getting off. <laughs> So we've gotten you on the ship. You're having a good time. You're enjoying the Navigator. You're seeing what's going to happen next. Next time we talk about in our cruise primer, we'll talk about the entertainment. We'll talk about the shops on board. And then we'll talk about uh, some of the ports of call, depending on your itinerary. Well, great. Well, thank you very much, John and Kevin, for that cruise primer. That is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes.